Welcome to the Physio Perspective Podcast. We are physical therapy students simplifying sports, injuries, and the human body. The purpose of the show is for those who are interested in different sports injuries but don't necessarily know much about them. So what's up guys? My name's Fernando. I'm here with Brett. Um, we decided to start this thing up where, like we said, we're interested in sports, injuries, and the human body. We want to kind of give you guys some information and do with that what you want. We're here to have a little fun, talk sports. What's better than that? Um, so I'm here with Brett. Brett, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm a first-year physical therapy student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison uh, with yours truly, Fernando, yep. one of my favorite classmates. <laughs> um, I'm from Shellsburg, Wisconsin, which is a really small town in the southwest corner of the state. Uh, only about 1,200 people reside there, and I actually had like 18 students in my class, so it was really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody kind of knew everybody, you know. Um, and I'm really interested in rural health PT, and I think a lot of that comes from where I grew up, uh, just making me the person who I am today. And it's just a really underserved area, and I just want to give back to that community. So what about you, Fernando? Cool, yeah. Um, so I'm actually from Madison, a little bit bigger than Shellsburg, but... I grew up in Madison area, um, went up to school, college at Hamlin in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, decided to play a little baseball up there. Um, Bet you hit a home run every game, right? <laughs> not quite, but decided to come back home down to Madison, go to PT school. Um, you know, loving PT school. If you guys are interested in, you know, health, human body, performance, anything along those lines, definitely look into it. It's a great profession, kind of advancing, moving along quickly. Um, we're here to, here to help that move along, so... Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, so uh, the first topic we kind of wanted to talk about was uh, Deshaun Watson. He tore his ACL in practice, I think it was two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, it was a non-contact injury, but uh, we basically just want to give you guys like a little bit of an anatomical background on the ACL and just to have a better understanding as to why it's a very common injury in professional sports. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he actually tore his ACL a couple of years ago. I believe it was his left one mm-hmm. when he was in college still. Uh, recently, though, it was his right ACL that was torn. That's interesting. Uh, how common do you think it is to re-tear or kind of or tear the opposite ACL? It seems it seems kind of common, just anecdotally. Yeah. So there's actually been some research I've looked into uh, that's been conducted, just showing that in general, after an ACL tear on one side, there is actually an increased chance of tearing that opposite side ACL down the road. Huh. Um, thinking about this from a phys- physio perspective. See what I did there? Yep, nice. <laughs> yeah. So during rehab and after the rehab process, an individual may be putting extra load on the unaffected knee okay. during everyday activities, which may be a reason as to why we see contralateral or you know opposite side Makes tears. Sense. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, the good news with this case, though, is that we haven't really heard about extra structural damage in the knee, um, which will make the rehabilitation process a lot less complex, and uh, he'll be able to get back to the field a lot quicker. Sure, sure. And I'm definitely looking forward to hear more research involving the ACL. Um, just kind of, it seems like you know, you, you you tear one and then you tear the other. You know, it's interesting to see how that 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 plays out. We'll let's keep an eye on the research. So, what's his timetable to return? Actually. Yeah, so uh, commonly ACL injuries, you, you know, it takes about a year to get back up to, you know, that same playing level that you were at before. Uh, he's actually expected to make his return by week one next season, which is much quicker than a lot of other athletes have taken. Like uh, recently we've seen Teddy Bridgewater. He's been out for, I think, a year and a half now or about. Yeah. Uh, he must, I think he had a lot of structural damage in his knee, which was also, I believe, a non-contact injury during practice. Yep, that's right. Um, but then, you know, you hear of cases like Adrian Peterson from a few years ago where he did tear his ACL. He came back so much quicker, and I think he got comeback player of the year. Uh, that season. Yeah, yeah so. that sounds right. Sure. So to give a more anatomical perspective of the injury, uh, basically in your knee joint you have three bones that form it, 
you got the thigh bone, which is known as your femur. The shin bone is the tibia, and then the kneecap, which is also known as the patella. Uh, that basically just protects the joint. Uh, the bones are connected by three different, or four different ligaments in the knee, sorry. Uh, they act like, kind of like strong ropes, just holding those bones together and just keeping your knee stable. So the ones that are less commonly injured are kind of on the medial and lateral sides or like, you know, outside and inside of the knee. They're called the collateral ligaments. So you have the medial collateral and then the lateral collateral ligaments. Uh, basically what they do is just control sideways motion of your knee and brace against unusual movements. Uh, the more important ligaments, I, I, I guess you might not say the more important, but you know, you, you hear about them a little bit more, are the cruciate ligaments. So that would be the anterior cruciate and the posterior cruciate ligaments. They cross in the knee, and then basically what they do is control the back and forth motion of the knee. And actually, it's interesting because in our, one of our first classes, we're, we haven't necessarily discussed testing for ACL tears, but we've, we've learned how to kind of control that anterior glide of the tibia on the femur. So we can, the more motion you have there, the, you know, the less tight or less tense that ACL is. Yep. So Brett, tell me a little bit about sprains. Um, I know people have probably heard different grading for sprains, maybe grade one, grade two, grade three. Can you uh, explain that to us in our audience? Yeah, for sure. So with ACL sprains, basically, you know, you have grade one, grade two, grade three, like you were saying. Uh, grade three is commonly what you hear about, you know, from the athletes when they actually tear their ACL. The less common ones would be grade one. So a grade one sprain is where that ligament's actually sl stretched a little bit. Uh, but it still has the ability to keep that knee joint pretty stable. Mm -hmm. And then a grade two sprain is where that ligament stretches to the point where it comes pretty loose, and it's actually referred to as a partial tear of the ligament. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, well, we'll move right on. So that was, that was Deshaun Watson's injury. We're going to move right into our little own bias here. We like the Packers. We're actually both Packers fans. Um, you betcha. Obviously from Wisconsin, as we said before. Um, but... A little bit sad around here in Wisconsin, you know. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Aaron Rodgers, maybe out for the season. We'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. But he was rolling out to his right, um, playing the Vikings. Took a hit, fell on his right shoulder, um, snapped his clavicle, um, also known as a collarbone. More commonly, you kind of reach up your neck, you can feel that bone there. Yeah. So why do we see a lot of broken collarbone injuries, like in in the NFL, and like Aaron Rodgers in particular? I know he's broke it before. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good question. Well, it's actually the most commonly fractured bone in the body. Um, you think about all the bones, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's a, there's a site of weakness in it, um, right in the middle. It's kind of it's it's kind of weaker there in the middle. And when you reach out to use your arm to fall, um, you see a lot of impact going right through the arm into the shoulder, and you snap that there. So it's it's kind of weak there. Um, but it acts as a strut between the shoulder shoulder blade and sternum and goes from the sternum So it's kind of your, your the hard bone in the middle of your chest all the way to the acromion Which is throwing a lot of anatomy words out here, but um, <laughs> hard it's to making some it, of those. <laughs> so it makes the AC joint acromioclavicular joint and um, So it's just kind of connecting point in your arm there. Um, so we, we typically see the fracture at the angle um, or shaft it's also called which is the middle third so this is the greatest change of direction. So it's kind of like an S-shaped bone, sure. a slight little S there. And in the middle is this, a side of weakness. Um, so yeah, there's, that's, that's why. Um, so a little bit more about the action, what happens at the collarbone. Um, so it rotates posteriorly when you raise our arm, also known as abduction. It kind of rotates on axis posteriorly. Um, and a little bit about the mechanism. So as we said, he was rolling out to his right fell on that right shoulder and that impact just goes right through the clavicle and that 
you know, the force will it will travel through and find the weakest point, and of course it found the clavicle, snapped right there. Um, so, and that was a sudden impact fracture. Um, and there are also different types of fractures. Yeah. So um, did so with that with this fracture, did that completely go through the entire clavicle then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah yeah went through the clavicle. Um, he did go to surgery right away. He got plates and screws, and which is also called internal fixation. Um, so. Yeah, so that that's what happened. Um, cool. So, uh, so with this injury, what do you think the prognosis is for Rogers? Is it looking good? Is it looking bad? Um, I don't think it's career-ending by any means. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know Rogers is a tough guy. He, you know, physically and mentally, he's, you know, one of the most elite athletes in the in the in the sports world today. But um, when we think about it, his other, when he broke his other collarbone. It was on his non-throwing side, so that that's going to play a big impact in his rehab and his prognosis, his outlook. Um, so, on, being on the throwing side, he'll have to wait to get back to throwing, um, which we'll see that it, it'll add to the recovery time definitely. Um, so, I mean, as early as I mean, we could see him coming back as early as ten weeks. So, if you look at that, I mean, it's probably not going to happen yeah. uh, for this season. And you're but, talking ten weeks from the injury, not yeah, ten, ten weeks from now. Yep, ten yeah. weeks from the injury, not not this this current. And I don't. How many weeks ago did that injury happen? That was not last week, but the week before. Was it three weeks? Three weeks ago. Was, Something like that. Yeah, 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 it's been a little it's little a, bit now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he's he's likely done for the 2017-18 season. Um, so that's really a bummer. Um, I hate to see an athlete like like that go down. Um, but yeah. So there's that's that a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the next uh, injury we kind of want to discuss was uh, Gordon Hayward's nasty leg injury that he sustained. I think that was also a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was gross, man. There, there's a lot, <laughs> lot going on. This is why we kind of started this thing out. There's a lot to talk about. So. Yeah. So just kind of rehashing the play for you guys. He was just going up for an alley oop, a backdoor alley oop. Uh, he bumped into LeBron James, who's playing for Cleveland Cavaliers at the time. And then on his way down, he kind of landed on his leg wrong, which actually dislocated his ankle and fractured his tibia distally. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of wanted to go over, like, his rehab process. Like, it's you know, it's starting after surgery. It starts from day one. But uh, there's an, a good USA Today article describing the entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you guys could guess, he's out for the remainder of the season. It's not really a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Pretty gruesome. Yep. Um, so the ankle was actually relocated on the court to prevent permanent damage. So they must have had an AT or possibly uh, some sort of... Yeah, probably the physician. If they yeah, had a physician, physician. on staff, um, probably took care of that. He would have popped that back into place. I, I couldn't even imagine doing that yeah. at this point right now. Yeah. But I mean, there was probably so much adrenaline going through his body. He was, didn't even feel it. <laughs> yeah, For sure. Um, but anyway, po- after surgery, uh, Hayward's medical team will limit the amount of weight that he can put on that ankle and leg and they'll use most likely crutches or a knee scooter. Mm-hmm. A knee scooter is kind of like what Kevin Durant was using a few years ago when he injured his foot or his leg. Um, so that kind of just avoids you know putting loads and forces onto the part where it broke. Uh, the ankle can actually be immobilized four to six weeks as well so it'll just stay that way until he can actually put weight onto that foot. Yeah, so what what happens once he's weight-bearing? What, what, what's the next step? Yeah, so they'll, they'll basically want to try to provide optimal loads to his foot to help that healing process start. If they left it completely immobilized, the bone is only going to get weaker and the healing process would take a lot longer for him to get back to, you know, the level of play in which he was at before. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, the early stages of physical therapy would most likely include soft tissue intervention, uh, manual therapy, and other techniques to loosen up that ankle. Mm -hmm. Aquatic therapy could also be utilized by his rehab team in order to prevent too much load from being applied to the site of the injury. Yeah. Cool. And then as soon as he can actually put more weight on the ankle, he will need to reestablish his normal gait cycle again, which is mm -hmm. really interesting because it's like just it's learning how to walk again, basically. Yeah, yeah it's really going back to step one. Yeah. You know, relearn, retrain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why, I, you know, I think that's why we both chose going into physical therapy, too. It's like just, you know, helping people out and, you know, you really take those small things for granted every single day. I you think. do, yeah. yeah, walking to class, walking around, taking the stairs, you do. You got to, it's it's humbling to say the least, the stuff the stuff that you see out there. I mean, you, guys, you can't take anything for granted. For, for sure. sure. Um, so, yeah, after he establishes that gate again, then they'll start going up and down stairs. Uh, eventually then proceed it to strengthening activities for the muscles that kind of cross that ankle and then you know even muscles above the knee joint and even his abdominals in his core mm -hmm. uh, and then to regain his conditioning for you know to get back up to the court play before he can put total weight on that ankle they may use swimming or even an arm bike okay yeah um i wanted to bring up something i know i've seen an anti-gravity treadmill um so that so an anti-gravity treadmill. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I'm sure it's more just smart. Sure, it's more common in professional sports. It's kind of expensive. Um, may may start to see it in clinics around as as we start to move along here. Um, but so an anti-gravity treadmill um, it, it basically fills up air around the legs and takes pressure off the knee joint. Um, so you can you know get back to weight bearing. Um, more easily so so where did you where did you observe where you saw this at like, yeah in up in uh up in the cities they had one yeah it was a newer clinic okay they, they just it was brand new they got it and then was it for college athletes and it, for, yeah it was, was actually for anybody, anybody? Um, so um i know i know we had anybody anywhere from you know youth pediatric athletes to professional we had a professional soccer um players who came into the clinic as well too so that was pretty cool um yeah, so that that is actually really neat. I've never really seen one before. So if you guys get the chance, I would look up an anti-gravity treadmill. It's really yeah, really something like I don't know. It's just something you wouldn't think of every single day. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, and they actually use it for astronauts too to like train them. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, pretty sweet, cool technology. Yeah, so uh, even after jogging, then with you know he'll start with the anti-gravity treadmill. Then he'll proceed to jogging, running, and then doing bas basketball-specific movements. And then basically there was no no timeline for return. They just want him to consistently hit those functional milestones. I think part of that too is like the mentality of, you know, I if I don't get to this point in this X amount of weeks, then, you, you know, you might be a little depressed or saddened by that. So if you just hit those functional milestones consistently, you're seeing progress. I think that's just going to help uh, speed up the healing progress. Yeah, definitely. So. Cool. All right, moving into our last injury. Um, so this one, geez, another tough one, Zach Miller. Um, with a life-threatening yeah, injury, bad. unreal. Yeah. yeah, so Zach Miller um, plays for the Bears. Kind of was going in the end zone, went up for a catch, and the knee kind of took a weird turn inward. And it's just a, just gruesome to watch. If you guys haven't seen that yet, check it out. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So why were people so concerned about? <laughs> you know, you heard about potential leg amputation with this injury. Yeah, so. yeah. You might think that's pretty crazy, but it, I mean. In this case, his whole knee basically blew up in the inside, to put it in uh, layman's terms. But so, so inside the knee, there there are nerves, arteries, and veins. So you kind of have one of each in there, and a couple nerves. Um, and he actually blew open his popliteal artery, 
which runs in the back of the knee. Um, so just which your the bottom of your leg needs a blood supply. So emergency situation, you had to get him rushed to the hospital. Um, and I mean, obviously dangerous situation. Yeah. So I was going to ask, uh, what happened to him after he was taken off the field? Like, like where did where did he go? Is it? I, it was obviously emergent. You know, ambulance, yeah. flashing lights. Uh, what was yeah, that like? So yeah, he was actually rushed to the University Medical Center in New Orleans, um, where he had, they had to repair the artery in his knee to save the leg. And it, fortunately, it was successful surgery. Um, and actually, these these cases aren't aren't. Um, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened. In 2010, there was a UC Davis um, player who had to get amputated, actually, after six surgeries. That's nuts. And yeah, they, I mean, there's a bunch of high school athlete cases out there. You guys can kind of look it up more. Um, but, yeah, so, and it, it's it's tough. It's, it's tough recovery um, as far as rehab goes. But you really try to regain the use of the leg. So, I mean, it's common to see pain, nerve pain running down the leg. Um, just because of the trauma at that at the knee, um, so you kind of got to regain, really work to get back to play. Um, so for that surgery too, in particular, I I think I read this somewhere. Did they actually take a vein out of his other leg and then use that to repair the artery? Um, that's a good question. I believe you it know? is. Yeah, I yeah, think that's okay. what I read. Okay, but cool, interesting. Yeah, so just to kind of wrap that one up, um, they the Saints actually played it paid a visit to Miller um, in the hospital, so super, a nice gesture, um, wanted to see how he was, um, you know, he's doing fine, so just a nice gesture, just kind of throw the NFL to family, um, pretty cool stuff there, kind of wrap, wrap up on a happy note there after all these injuries, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we'll see, we'll see how he, he moves along, I mean, tough to say if we'll even play again, I mean, we'll see, but Hoping the best for him, even for as sure. a, even as a Packers fan, you gotta hope the best for all these athletes. <laughs> yeah, you never you know want I mean? to see injuries like that yeah. happen to anyone. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's our first episode. Thanks for listening. Um, this is a physio perspective. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Bye.